Broadcasting from within the borders of the greatest success story the world has ever known, the United States of America. It's time for an honest discussion from a fresh, new conservative voice. The C.L. Bryant Show. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody, throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet, the greatest success story the world has ever known, and that is America. I want to thank each and every one of you for coming along with us every day as we build the bridge to conversation throughout our great nation right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant, and uh, hey, for all of you who are listening uh, throughout the Fruited Plains over Red State Talk Radio, our flagship station, I want to thank you uh, for being there. Also on Urban Family Talk and Loving Liberty, one of Loving Liberty, I want to thank you for being there as well. And those of you traveling through New York City, if you look up above Ripley's, believe it or not, you'll see the Red State Talk billboard there in Times Square. And every hour, the C.L. Bryant Show does cycle through there. And old C.L.'s face is looking right back at you there in Times Square. Hey, we have so much to talk about today. And, uh, hey, friends, it is going to be one of those days where we must talk about uh, whether or not you are a consumer or a producer. My pastor was talking about this yesterday, James A. McMinnis. He was talking about this yesterday, and I was thinking about how that uh, applies to us as a Americans and um, the Democrats, Republicans, it it applies to uh, you must determine whether or not you are a consumer or a producer, because if you are too much of the consumer and not enough of the producer, hey, listen, it all falls on its face in the roaring, robust economy that we have. If the consumption becomes more than the production, you know, that can turn into very bad business. Just look at your own bank account. If you're consuming more out of that account than you're producing into the account. Hey, it's bad news. And that's the same way it works in government and our economic situation as well. Before we get to all of that, folks, uh, I have to tell you back in 1974, many years ago, many years ago, although I still feel good, look good, and hopefully I'm acting good in the sight of the Lord. Let me tell you something. I was a uh, freshman at um, a university. It was a new university up here in in Shreveport, a satellite university was called LSUS, still called LSUS, Louisiana, uh, Louisiana State University. Shreveport is what it was. I was uh, entering in as a journalism student when I uh, entered into college. And uh, Dr. Russell was uh, my professor, Dr. Cloud, Dr. McBride was there. But the one who actually stood out most was my debate coach. And that was Dr. Frank Lauer, who was there. 
at LSU. We went to nationals as a debate team. Uh, Tim Brando was, uh, uh, yeah, the sports commentator. Timmy and I go back to Lakeshore Junior High School in Shreveport when Lakeshore was a junior high school. And Timmy and I uh, went all the way to uh, LSU and, and on up to Bowling Green, Kentucky in the uh, uh, the championship uh, there. Finished a dismal third, but we went. We were good enough to go. Well, a lot has happened since 1974, folks, and the university has gone through all types of evolution since then. And, of course, I'm really proud to say that I was associated with the university, and uh, I have on with me now the current Student Government Association president, the president of the student body. His name is Tyson Lee. He is the first black student body president in the past 15 years. George Bush was president back when they last had a black conservative, a black uh, uh, president uh, of the Student Body Association. And I want you to help me welcome to the show for the first time. I know it won't be the last. Tyson Lee, how are you, buddy? Glad to be on with me. Hey, how's it going? Thank you, uh, Reverend Phil Bryant, for having me here. Well, I'm really glad that you're on with me, Tyson. Tyson, how long have you been there at uh, uh, one of my one of my uh, alma maters? One of, one, well, it's not my alma mater. I didn't graduate from LSU, but it was a school that I did attend for two years of my college uh, education. And so tell me, how long have you been there, and uh, how's it going for you? Yep. So um, I have been here for three years now. Well, I'm going to my third year. I'm going into my junior year here at LSUS. And right before I forget, I do want to tell you this because I didn't. I haven't told you yet. Uh, I forgot to tell you because of the recent news that I've been doing. But uh, I also I just finished up my year, my first year in debate as well under uh, Trey Gibson. Uh, Trey Gibson is the well was the current uh, head coach of the debate team. I just finished up my first year debating. So. That was a pretty good year for me, if I say so myself. Um, uh, I, we actually did go to nationals as well, and we did pretty well. And I actually kind of gained a love for that, the art of debating. I wanted to go ahead and let you know that before I forgot um, – before I forgot to tell you that as well. Well, I'm glad um, to hear it. I'm glad to hear that we have uh, a fellow debater on with us in our nation today. It is important that we are fresh on current events and able to adequately right. acquit ourselves on those topics. Now, you have right. been elected Student Government Association president there on campus, yep. Tyson. Uh, give me an idea of some of the challenges that are facing college students uh, today from your estimation. What's going on uh, in your world as far as that's concerned? You are a millennial, one of those true millennials, uh, and we're looking to you for the future. So what does your future look like? What is a millennial future looking like? So here at, I can speak from what I see here and with young kids, I, I would like to say, well, not young kids, but with young adults, I would like to say that um, I, I think that we are turning into or, or we're tuning into the national uh, event of the world. I, I feel like especially in the last eight years, um, the end of, well, I, I would begin to say, well, yeah, I would say that last eight years, more, more of my generation have become more interested and more 
uh, knowledgeable of what's going on in the in current events. And actually, with this election cycle coming up, I hear more and more talk upon my peers about you know who they're going to vote for and why and what are the issues and the topics that they're listening to and paying paying attention to. And one of the biggest topics would be um, you know paying for college. Um, some of the people I talk to. Um, stand on the left with the idea that a free college is the way to go or, you know, you, that, 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 that area is the way to go. And then other of my friends, you know, I hold the same idea that I hold is that even though college, the free college idea is a good idea, somebody still has to pay for it. Um, that's one of the things that I, I hear a lot. Um, when we talk about the Me Too movement, that has kind of taken over since 2017. Uh, that's a, a big pressing issue that a lot of my my generation pay pay attention to, you know, with uh, sexual harassment and things of those nature. So I think that we're actually doing a good job at, at paying attention to current events. And either if you stand on the left or you stand on the right, I think that is just a good thing to do to know what's going on, to have some type of idea on, on where you stand and act out on what you believe and what, what you stand on. You know, Tyson, uh, I was always a strong B.C. student. I was never one of those A students. I just uh, my attention span just wasn't that that great when I was in college. <laughs> had all types of things going on. Yeah, but I was, I was I, pretty, pretty. I understand. Yeah, I was a pretty good. I was a strong BC student, but so are were some of our presidents of the United States, George Bush being one of them. And so, but just the same. Uh, let me ask you this, man. I was um, thirty five, about about thirty five years old before I actually finished paying for all of my college education, and of course uh, went on to Bishop College and then Tampa College. Uh, uh, there, graduated from both of those. But let me ask you this: free. You, you mentioned something that uh, I, I just have to talk about, especially with someone who is in the middle of this particular uh, whirlwind. And that is the idea that you have a so-called progressive liberal movement in this country that would like to see everybody uh, go to college. And if you go to college, you go to college free. I just don't think, Tyson, that I would have appreciated what I had to eke out and, and, and bang out for a college education. It took me nearly 20 years to get my BA because I was married, had children and I had to work and you know, all that type thing, man, I earned my education. I earned it in many right. ways. And so right. is, is that one of the things that you may have against giving someone something is that they may not appreciate it. And would that be fair to the rest of us who have earned our college degrees and earned our college education? Yeah, and, and you're absolutely right. Like you, you are right on with that. When you uh, pay for something, you have a better appreciation because there's a sacrifice. Uh, when you when you use your money and use your resources, you're sacrificing your resources for something. So when you go to college and if you if you don't get the scholarships, or even if you did get scholarships, you work hard for those scholarships. But let's say you did didn't get any scholarships, you're actually you know having to be a worker, a student worker. You having to sacrifice some of your your time uh, with you know being in the social realm. To, to pay for college. So when you, when you have the idea that making it free, you're absolutely right. Um, people will not have a appreciation for college. They will uh, know they will be able to waste time and go to college and spend longer in college, knowing that they don't ever have to pay for it, knowing that it, it, it can always be free. Um, and, and like you said, it, it's going to not only will it, um, will the uh, appreciation for degrees go down, but as well as, 
who, who's going to pay for it? You know, for the free idea, it might, it might be free to you, but somebody has to pay pay for it at the end of the day. And I think that's something that a lot of people in the the you know on the left side, especially in my generation, they don't really think of that aspect. Uh, even though it may be free to them, somebody else still has to pay for it. Absolutely. So when you take into consideration all those different uh, components, yeah, I, I think that um, it, it's a much bigger uh, topic than just think than just the free college um, topic. It, it's much. It, it holds way more weight, and it, it, compo- it has a lot more to do with it than just you know the free tuition and things like that. Absolutely, you're absolutely right. And folks, I want you to hear this young man, coast to coast. Many thousands of you listening across the country. I want you to hear this young man because this is the type of mindset that is necessary in order for our nation to continue to exist. I want you to understand that if, if in fact our young people do not have the type of mindset that my guest here today. Tyson Lee has, who is Student Government Association President, LSUS, uh, the first college that I ever entered into. Uh, Not the first college I had association with. I uh, was um, one of the first black actors on stage at Marjorie Lyons Playhouse in Centenary uh, College uh, while still in high school. Should have went to Centenary, uh, but I'm glad that I have my LSUS experience. But just the same, uh, Tyson, you hit the nail on the head and you hit the ball out of the park when you're talking about uh, paying for it. Who's going to pay for it? Now, when I first entered into college, yeah, I was selling shoes, I think at Gibson's or Spartan Atlantic. Um, any of you who are, were alive back during the days when, when they existed, uh, I was a shoe salesman there. I was always working. But the thing is, uh, I had many friends who were super smart. They gathered their selves together and they got scholarships. They worked for those. And so I want you to understand that we're not wanting to discount people who are going to college free because they've worked to earn the scholarship to go there. That's the work itself. Earning the scholarship is the work. I mean, you put in the time, you put in the effort, and you get the grade, and you get the money to go to school. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about people who are riding the government dole, and they are not paying for anything, and they are getting a free education, and Tyson Lee brings up the, uh, the, the the question, who pays for it? Tyson, you're a young man, and one of these days, you're going to either be earning a paycheck or signing a paycheck. And, brother, when you have to sign that paycheck, as I have in various businesses that my wife and I have been in, you have to count every penny. I don't think that young people in uh, the millennial generation understand that there's a day that comes when that money comes out of your pocket. Talk to us about it. Yeah, and and like you're right about that. Um, I think that in the generation that I live in uh, right now, I see a lot of people wanting things temporarily or or like expediently, immediately. They don't want to wait or pay for or sacrifice or work or labor for anything, they want to get it now and get it get it right now, and not think that there there is a consequence and there is you know something that comes at the end uh, of that decision that they make. So when we're talking about um, you know paying, uh, you know who's going to pay for it, I, I think most of the burden that um, America has when we talk about things that are not being paid for, especially like when you talk about free college and um, other things with free instances with free free programs in the government, a lot of that is going to fall on to the middle class and to the middle the middle class taxpayer 
is going to have to take up the burden of a lot of these different things. And so the very same people that want to, you know, want to have the free college movement come and, and take over, those are going to be the same people that one day, years from now, will have to pick up the burden to pay for, you know, all the problems that's going on with our economic uh, system that may be going on then, you know, 40 or 50 years from now with our um, economic system. Um, you know, if if the debt keep rising and, and you know, problems like that keep keeps occurring years from now. Absolutely. And you know what, folks, uh, I would be incredibly remiss if I did not mention one of the uh, life shaping professors that was there at LSU when I was there. And that was my favorite professor. Dr. Milton Fenley in the history uh, department, Dr. Fenley uh, shaped my life, taught me a lot of life lessons that I will never forget. In fact, I have to admit, uh, full disclosure, uh, got on probation. Uh, Dr. Fenley's class, because I, I did, I goofed off, I goofed off a lot, didn't grow up until I was about 21, you know, and so, but I was in college and Dr. Milton Fenley taught me one of the most valuable lessons about earning it that I I should ever learn in life. And I still remember that to this day. Uh, Doc uh, has a place down close to uh, my my place in Grand Cane, Louisiana. I see him, have seen him often, and uh, want to give a shout out to him uh, as uh, he listens to the show uh, occasionally. I know he does because he talks to me about it. But Dr. Milton Finley was one of those people. And you mentioned also, uh, Tyson, uh, one or two of the professors that your debate coach and uh, others that right. have... Or shaping your lives. And when I come back on the other side of this break, Tyson, stay with me. Don't go anywhere. When I come back on the other side of the break, we're going to continue with Tyson Lee. And the reason why I have had uh, these young men, uh, these last couple of days, I have had young people on the show who are making a difference in America, and they are of conservative slants and conservative values. And it is uh, incumbent upon me to say this, that when you take a stand on college campuses these days as a young conservative and as a young black conservative in particular, you need to be ready to suffer the slings and arrows that go along with that. But there are uh, certain things that I want you to understand as well. We are beginning to see young men and women who are emerging with great courage and great character. And that, my friends, is exactly the dream that Dr. King had. He wanted an America to emerge that would be judged by the content of character, not the color of skin. And when you hear young men like Tyson Lee and Caden uh, O'Dell that was as that have been on with me in the last few days, you are hearing it from young men, young women of courage, and they are young men and women of courage character. That's what's important. That's what's necessary to save and keep our republic. I'm CL. This is the CL Bryant Show. Coast to coast, border to border, broadcasting within the borders of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. And it'll remain that way as long as we can look to the future like with people like Tyson Lee.
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. CL back with you on this great day in the USA. And hey, friends, uh, two hours a day is all that we ask you as far as coming along with us. And if you don't get both hours of the CL Bryan Show, I surely encourage you to download free the CL Bryant Show app onto your favorite device, the CL Bryant Show app. Follow me on Twitter at Rev CL Bryant. Go to the website, vclbryantshow.com, vclbryantshow.com. Again, I want to thank our friends, Red State Talk Radio, Urban Family Talk, and Loving Liberty for uh, broadcasting our shows. Many of you in the terrestrial market replay the show throughout the country during the day, and we certainly thank those of you as well as we build the bridge to conversation throughout the day right here on the C.L. Bryant Show. I am C.L. Bryant, and I'm on with someone who I greatly admire. This young man, I do believe, if he stays the course, and Tyson, you must stay the course, this young man is going to make his mark here and help us keep the republic that is so near and dear to all of us. Uh, Tyson, uh, when we left, I was wanting to get your your take on uh, the uh, you, you mentioned Me Too movement and all that. And we're going to talk about that here a little bit later on in this segment. But I first want to talk about uh, a, a more personal type of me movement, and that is social media. It seems that your generation has brought to us a desire to be liked, a desire to be uh, followed and all of that type thing. Is there do, is there a risk of creating in the minds of young people uh, today, our young Americans, a false sense of um, I, I, I want to say importance because you are very important to us, but a false sense of right. contribution when all that you're looking for is to be liked on social media or followed on social media. How could that affect uh, the, the, the psyche of young people going forward. Can you talk to us about it? Yeah, so, right. Um, the problem that can occur, that can be created with this um, social media um, environment, with, with our generation in particular, uh, being raised up, growing up during the social media age, and with us being full throttle, full blown, like we're, we're fully in it, more, more than any other uh, ages in, in the world right now. The problem that can occur is what happens is the people that get all of their satisfaction from being liked or being views or viewed or having most, a lot of followers, uh, what happens is they 
tend to make their life, they tend to uh, act out in their life um, and only search and seek and desire for that same attention. And so what happens is they feel like they have to be validated on social media, and that's not how it is in the real world. Um, it's easy to to post pictures or post your best moments on a, a social media page and get get likes from it. But in the real world, when you're really in a real job and you're having real conversations and you're at the real table with real people in the in the real moment, you might you're not going to always get you're not going to always be liked. You're not going to always uh, be validated, and nobody's not going to always you know agree with you and support you. And what what can happen is the people that live their lives seeking that validation when they don't get it, they can be in some some serious trouble. Um, and that's when you see you know problems with depression and and things like that in our in our generation. And uh, so you know I I try to be careful with having so much of my time and and seeking um, validation from people on social media because I know you know that's that's not. And you you gotta you gotta be the person to validate yourself, to encourage yourself, and to know that you know whatever that you do, if it's right in the Lord's eyes, uh, you know do it do it with all your heart, no matter if if people like it or not, if they don't like it. And you know uh, one of the things that is important uh, to both of us and friends, full disclosure again, Tyson and I are both uh, God fearing, uh, Christ loving followers. We're disciples of Jesus Christ, unashamedly, unabashedly Christians. And Tyson, today, of course, you see a full blown attack against uh, religious liberty, particularly those of us who are Christians. But you said something that is very important for us. You use the term, the phrase real world. And Tyson, uh, I, even though I had experienced uh, the real world working before I in high school and and even when I was in college, I, I worked and I have had since college, since uh, I gotten out of LSU and, and LSUS and and, and other uh, universities that I, I attended. I have had some really tough bosses who did not mm-hmm. validate the work that I did. They appreciated the work that I did, but they were still tough on me. And uh, I'm right. finding that you are, uh, in, in too many cases, the college experience does not necessarily duplicate or prepare the young person for, as you were saying, the real world. And the real world is not a world where everybody likes you and everybody is going to validate you. And that, I have a feeling, as you said, can be a downfall uh, to us. Moving on to this topic, though, because I I definitely want to get this in. The relationship between, and hey, folks, it's going to get real right here. It's going to get real because we're going to look at the evolution of male-female relationships that have transpired Mm -hmm. over a a period of time. In fact, uh, Tyson's young enough to be my son, of course. And in fact, I have a grandson that's Mm -hmm. Tyson's age. But just the same, this is what I want you to talk to us about. Back in my day, and, and then we only had uh, the shack, as we called it. Uh, there was a student union there on LSUS campus, and uh, to where we, we met and greeted. And of course, we sat around the campus and so forth, and we talked to each other. But the relationships between uh, friends, male female friends, was much different. We didn't have to be as careful when we greeted uh, a female friend or she greeted a male friend. We could hug each other, and we could open doors and high five and 
and carry on. That has changed. That that has changed. Is that a good thing, a bad thing? Tell us from your point of view about this Me Too movement and what effect is that having up on the male-female relationship in on college campuses today? Yeah. Yeah. So the, the problem that that has started or that has created is now, like, where are the lines? Um, we see with political correctness that it, it, the boundaries have been broken. We don't, you know, you got to kind of be on your, your toes with everything you say on a college campus or in, really anywhere now in America with what you say and, and what you do because you don't know now right has become wrong or wrong has become right. And, I mean, you, frankly, you don't even know what is right and what is wrong to the, to the you know, to the, to the people. Um, and so with political correctness, it's not it's, – it's, it's, it's becoming to where you have to almost – say what they want you to say in order for you to be right. And and, and the, when you hold your religious beliefs or, or on relationships with, uh, you know, males, females, or with anything, anything in general, you have to, in order to be looked at as appropriate or, and not be looked at inappropriate in certain settings, you have to kind of conform into what they think is politically correct, which is, is not, it's not a good thing to do. I mean, it's, it's getting worse and worse as, as time goes on. You know, I am surprised. I'm not surprised here in, in Shreveport uh, at LSUS that a person of your core value beliefs could become Student Government Association president. I'm not surprised at Shreveport. And that's a good thing. I'm, I'm very, very proud yeah. that uh, in uh, at LSUS, uh, a school that I do hold very near and dear to my heart, you still can, in fact, elect as Student Government Association president someone with your core values. But I I know this for a fact that at other universities that I speak at and some of them that I have been turned away from uh, around this country. Right. In fact, I'm on my way to uh, North Carolina uh, here in, in just a couple of days. You could not be elected. You, you not, not what you have just just what you said here on this show today. You could not right. be elected president of the SGA. There, there is just no way mm-hmm. uh, because your opinion has changed. My question is this. Does that not speak to the fact that your freedom of speech then is not valued as that of those who, quote unquote, are politically correct. And and, and the thing that, too, Tyson, speak to this. The thing, too, is we don't really uh, mind them saying their piece. We don't care what they have to say. We just want to be able to say what's on our minds without being ostracized. Talk to us about that. Right. Yeah. And I'm in, as you know, we both are in the same situation. Uh, I, I would say we both are in a minority when you look at as, African-American conservatives. Um, and specifically with my experience, yes, you're absolutely right. Um, certain things that I say are things that I believe people on the left, you know, black, white, and everybody on the left general, they think that, you know, I'm out of my mind or that, you know, I'm absolutely wrong and, and things of that nature. But when they have their beliefs and hold dear to what they believe, you know, I'm, I, 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 you know, I don't. I don't act in that same behavior and that same. I don't have the same attitude with with uh, with the people on on the left side. Um, so I find it kind of like a double standard when you see the left 
uh, you know, talking bad about about the right. And I and I don't like it when the right does it either. I think that America should be a place, and America should always strive to be a place to where conversation and difference of beliefs is held is 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 good. It's not you're right, I'm wrong, or you're right. Uh, I mean, you're wrong. I'm right. It should be about we both have our different opinions. Now let's talk about it. Let's see how we can come to middle ground. Let's see how we can make and push America forward. Um, that should be the attitude of America, not not the other way around. The bridge to conversation, folks. That is why that is a part of my opening mantra to you daily, that this show is a bridge to conversation. And I remember back in the day when college campuses were the bridge to conversation. Uh, Tyson, I, I believe I remember uh, some time ago, I believe I gave to you a copy of my film, Runaway Slave. And, yes, in, and in that film is uh, someone who I greatly admired for his opinion, even though I, I disagreed with his opinion. And that was the late great comedian Dick Gregory, who was a raving liberal, mm-hmm. a raving liberal. In fact, Dick came to Centenary College campus uh, back in the 70s when I was uh, doing a play there, The Me Nobody Knows, uh, or maybe it was the member of the wedding that I did there at, at Centenary College. Dick Gregory came to speak on the college campus, and Dick was, of course, a, uh, a, a he was a leftist. There's no question about it. But his opinion was valued by one and all who was there. When did Tyson has that always been this way since you have been aware of politics or is there a place where it changed? And why is it that young people today are not tolerant of a conservative viewpoint or a I I know if you if somebody says that they're a conservative, a Christian or a Republican. And certainly if you're a black conservative Christian or a Republican, you're doubly ostracized. Mm -hmm. So so. So, so, friend, right, right. you you must talk to us about that. Why is it young people today have fallen under this, uh, you know, pixie dust that's been sprinkled on them by the progressive liberal left? Yeah. So I would say um, it has been there. I would say it's just becoming more bold and more blatant. And, you know, it is it's, it's done more a lot in the public. Um, I would say it, it really took off with, you know, ostracizing the right when um, our president, uh, when we had our first African-American president, um, Barack Obama. I think I was, well, in his first election, I wasn't really aware of, you know, in the, the political realm. But with his second election, um, running against Mitt Romney in 2012, that's when I really started to notice and really started to tune in to the political world. And I would, I would. I would say that that's when it started because we had our first African-American president. And so now if you were black and you did not vote for him, oh, that was bad. Like, you know, you are a traitor. You are Uncle Tom. You know, you're all the above. And then if you are a Democrat that didn't vote for him, then it's it's like, oh, well, maybe you don't want an African-American president to be president. And then if you are, of course, on the right and you didn't vote for him, that that was, you know, that what people said what they have to say about not voting for our first African-American president. Uh, well, not re-electing our first African-American president. So I would say it really started when we had, and it, it's not Barack Obama's fault. I'm not saying that this is his fault. Uh, this, I'm saying that with the environment, with the situation that that we had at this time, in this time in, Amer- in our history, 
that is when the environment started to become more hostile toward, you know, the left and the right because we had history being made with our first African-American president. Then I will also say when uh, the, with the election of Donald, Donald Trump, um, when he was going out, coming out, uh, uh, running and, and holding his campaign, some of the things that he said really stirred up a lot of uh, anger on both sides, a lot of anger for the people that voted for him. But that's one of the reasons why they voted for him, because it sparked up something. And then for the other side, a lot of anger to not vote for him. Um, and so it, just because of the, 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 the things that he said was untraditional, you know, he, he wasn't the traditional candidate. He wasn't the, um, you know, traditional person running for president. So I would say that, yeah, it, it has always been there. Um, but it started to really pick up with, with Obama's election and then now Donald Trump's election with ostracizing, especially the right. And, you know, you're absolutely right. And, you know, folks, let me say this. And I, I've said this to you uh, before. All of you listen there nationally. Uh, I, I want you to understand something. As a black man in America, and uh, Tyson and I have been black all of our lives. We understand what it is to be <laughs> yeah. black in America, okay? <laughs> and I would have loved to have voted for Barack Hussein Obama. I would have loved to have voted for him, uh, but I couldn't. And the reason why I couldn't is because I voted my pocketbook. I voted for the future of my children and grandchildren. And Tyson, there is one thing that I have uh, known uh, uh, for certain in my lifetime. I know that many times we like to point to uh, perhaps our white counterparts and say, well, you did this to my grandfather, you did this to my great-grandfather, and so forth and so on. But, you know, the truth of the matter is, folks, and all of you listening, you'll understand exactly what I'm talking about, regardless of what your skin color is. The worst that I've ever been treated in my life has not been by some people who are not, who look like me, I, who, who, who do not look like me. I've been treated the worst by people who look like me. OK, and, and to vote for someone simply because of the color of their skin. I got to tell you, you've heard me say it before. That is the stupidest thing to do in the entire world. That is not intelligent to vote for someone just because they look like you. They may be out to do you just as much harm as anyone who may never look right. like you. And the common sense of voting and the common sense of casting your vote is to cast that vote for yourself as an individual as to how the policies, the policies of that person will affect your life. Tyson, stay with me through the break. I want to bring you back on the other side of the break. I'm on with Student Governor, Government Association President LSUS, the Shreveport Campus, Louisiana State University. Tyson Lee is my special guest here today. Great conversation, great interview, great young man. I'm CL. We're going to return after these breaks with more of the CL Bryant show right here, coast to coast and border to border throughout the fruited plains of the greatest nation on the face of the planet. The greatest success story the world has ever known. And it is because we understand that it is time to be judged by character, not color. Be right back. You thought I was worth saving So you came and changed my life You thought I was worth keeping So you cleaned me up inside 
Red State Talk Radio is now available as a voice command on your Amazon Echo and Echo Dot by simply saying, Alexa, play Red State Talk Radio. Red State Talk Radio on TuneIn. Turn to every single American. Now, we've been hearing all these stories about sanctuary cities, sanctuary cities that... You can now find us on the Amazon Echo and Echo Dot on TuneIn, on iHeartRadio, and we also have the phone apps in the App Store for your particular phone. And just in case we activated your Echo Dot, Alexa, stop. Stand up for America. Then Americans, stand up, stand up, stand up. God bless you. God bless America. C.L. back with you here on the C.L. Bryant Show this great day in the USA. And it's just gotten to be brighter for me because uh, young men like Tyson Lee and uh, uh, Mr. Odell, who were on, Kate and Odell, who was on with me last week, uh, they give me hope. And they should give you hope, too. And they should speak to you from the words of uh, the greatest social prophet, uh, that God has given to our planet in modern times. And that was Dr. Martin Luther King, as uh, his niece, my good friend Alveda, often says, Dr. King was not a perfect man. Surely none of us are. But God gave him to us in a time when words of inspiration and perfection as far as hope, hope for the human race and America was concerned. And there is something that he left with us that you are seeing in effect and seeing being played out right now in your listening ear right now. And that is young men who are in fact judged by their character instead of their color. And they would not have it any other way. They want to be judged by the merit of what they bring to the table. And when you're elected student governor association president, it's because people see in you a certain merit that you can bring to the table. And on with me now is one such man, a young man with me, and his name is Tyson Lee. Keep that name in mind. Keep Caden Odell in mind. These men are both from my hometown of Shreveport, Louisiana. Tyson, there is one thing that uh, I, I want to speak with you about, and that is uh, going forward as far as as uh, the youth and, and, and uh, your generation is concerned. Can we do anything about the past? I mean, I can't relive my grandfather's life or my great-grandfather's life. I can only live for the now. Are young people being uh, too much influenced in thinking that there is something that we must do about the past. Does that just put a lead shoe on our foot when we try to rectify the things of the past? Talk to us from your perspective about that. So, uh, yeah, um, America and this country and, and the world in general, the people have done some very bad things, some very, um, some some things that, you know, we will hope that wouldn't happen again, that would never, ever happen again. 
um, not just in this country, but and across across the world. But we're talking about America. Um, so yes, I think that America has had a a pretty you know some some very negative some bad things in the past. But what does that do? That should only help us to move forward and to not falling back into those same traps into into the same uh, problems. Uh, with our with my generation, I think that we do look into the past a lot and and. I would to to benefit to to give uh to say something good about my generation. I would say that at least that is helping them to look forward and to have ideas and to stand up strong and to believe in what they believe about moving forward for the future. It's just a lot of things that that I say to my generation is not the right way. So moving forward is a good thing, and and having um, the mindset to do better is really good. We just we just got to make sure that the path that we take, the route that we go, is the best way to go with moving forward and, and, and being a better people and being a better nation. Very, very well said, young man. Very, very well said. And let me uh, give you this nugget to to take with you, and maybe it will help you along the way. I say it to college students and to uh, audiences, great and small, um, around the uh-huh. nation. And it's this. I was black uh, back in 19 uh, in the 1960s. In fact, I was born in the mid 50s and uh, I was black then, although we were Negroes then. Uh, And and back in in my in my day, uh, we were glad to be called colored uh, instead of the other word that they had for us uh, as well. But 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 being black then this is my point, being black in America then and being black in America now, young people, let me tell you, and I know we have many young people listen to this show uh, clandestinely. They don't tell their friends they listen to CL, but they do. And because I get I get their emails and I get their texts uh, uh, sometimes and they, they engage me on on social media. Folks, being black then in this country and being black now in America is an entirely different different world and that unless you live through it it's almost like being a veteran of uh war and i'm talking about uh, a, a shooting war unless you're you're a veteran and you've been on the battlefield of that shooting war you have no clue what it was actually like to be there and so let me say to you young people today be ready to listen at least to differing opinions because you cannot expand your horizons if you only see the world from one point of view. You actually handicap yourself if, in fact, you only look at the world through one lens. If you want to be a true contributor, you must educate yourself to every facet of what may be of benefit to your life, not just from a black perspective or a white perspective or a Latino perspective, male or female. You must look at that from every angle and then understand how that benefits and how it could benefit you. Tyson, I'm going to give you the last word. If there's anything that may have not been covered, got about five minutes left. It's all yours. Talk to us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, so one, I want to say thank you uh, for having me on the show today. Um, I think that the young voice um, really 
is a really important voice, especially when we come to the next election. We see that a lot of times the uh, depending vote or the the um, the very critical vote comes down to the young people. What will the young people decide to do? Uh, and after all, it's, it's the young people that will be the leaders of tomorrow anyway. So one of my goals is to continue to inform my fellow peers to continue to uh, move forward and try to use my influence and, and get back the core values and to keep it deep into my generation or to try to to broaden it, broaden it into my generation so that you have you will have young people now holding on to core values throughout their lifetimes and in 20, 30, 40, 50 years from now, this country will um, be in good hands with um, people that are dedicated, that believe in what they believe and that stand up for their for what they believe. What I really do not want to see happen is for a young generation and for any generation to just be um, totally complacent, to not want to care about anything that's going on with the news or anything that's going on in the government or in, in politics. Uh, that's really a bad, a bad situation, a bad environment. So no matter if you're – what I like to tell my friends, um, no matter if you're on the left or if you're on the right, just continue to learn, continue to – be in touch with what's going on to uh, to to make yourself better, not just yourself, but when you are more knowledgeable, when you are more informed, you'll make other people better. You make the people around you better. Um, so that's that's a little encouragement that I would like to give anybody that, that is young that maybe listen to this to this radio show to continue to learn, to continue to grow, and to make yourself better and to make other people better for the nation for tomorrow. Fantastic. Uh, so yeah, thank you. Fantastic. Great, great interview, man. I, I failed to ask you, what is what have you declared as your major? Oh, yeah. So uh, history and political science. Um, I'm doing history and political science now, and then I'm going to go to law school after. So Go for it, man. I'm going to my law degree after. Go for it, man. Whatever I can do to help you, let me know. Go for it with all of your might. As Scripture tells us, whatever you set your hand to do, Tyson Lee, do it with all your might. And my prayer for you is that God will order and direct your steps in his words. Continue to fight the good fight. I know that you will, Tyson Lee, because you are fighting the good fight. Hey, man, God bless you and God keep keep you uh i certainly hey listen tell the folks out there that i would certainly love to come and speak to that student body out there at lsus okay, yeah. i would love to do that yeah, I, love to do it i will uh actually i'll be contacting you shortly um because in the next year I, I do want to hold some type of some type of you know town hall or some type of event for some or not just you but a couple of people to come and um Oh, um, come speak to the student body out here. Come speak to the young folks out here, um, and, and I'll let you know exactly what what we'll do. But yes, yes, that, that is on the radar. That is on the radar here. Absolutely. And tell them we'll be very happy to. I'll, I'll certainly. I can't speak for anybody else, but I'll certainly be happy to field any questions, any questions from anybody at all time to build that bridge to conversation so that our young people can actually expand their horizon. Hey, man, you're doing a fantastic job simply by saying and being who you are. Continue to be that. Again, thank you so much for being on with me here today. I think it's been a great interview. We'll get a show, get the show over to you a little bit later on 
today and you can use the sound bites from uh, this interview in any way that you want to use yeah. them uh, Tyson Lee and and uh, hey uh, tell all the folks out there hello and uh, LSU is uh, a very proud proud tradition in Shreveport Louisiana LSU S Louisiana State University Shreveport where Tyson Lee is the Student Government Association president talk to you soon thanks a lot for being on with me yes sir thank you Ralph I'm CL. This is the CL Show. And uh, my uh, guest has been Tyson Lee. And hey, folks, I got to tell you again, I'm always encouraged, always encouraged when young men like him, young women are on the show who have the courage to speak their minds. Let's make sure that their minds are able and their, their opinions are able to be heard without being shouted down and understand this. There is no way in the world that someone with a differing opinion than mine, I would never shout their opinion down, but you do understand that people with opinions differing from progressive liberalism their voices are being hushed purposely by design in this country. And that is something that conservatives would never do to progressive liberals. We want to hear their side. We want to, them to put their ideas on the table alongside ours and then let the individual decide which is best for them and the way to go. Is it what opinion is best for the economy? We're going to talk a lot about that in the second hour. Stay with me. After the break, we're going to return with more of the C.L. Bryant show. And, hey, um, we got to bring this up when uh, we come back after uh, the top of the hour. The president is saying that um, uh, Dems can't impeach me for because I've created the best economy in American history. And uh, you know what? The president may actually have a point there. Follow me on Twitter at Rev, R-E-V, C-L Bryant. And go to my Facebook page, C-L Bryant, just C-L Bryant. And go to my Facebook page, follow me uh, there on the website, theclbryantshow.com. I'll be back after the news. Timely, credible, thoughtful discussion without the partisan outrage. This is the Loving Liberty Radio Network. 